This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis. Today's podcast is titled, The Will of God for You. How can I know this? It's because it's right in the Bible. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The other day I read this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And the Lord called my attention to what Paul was saying here. This is the will of God for me, for you. This is what God has called us to do. This is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. This really struck me because in all of the troubles that we're having in this world, fear wants to take over. But the Lord is asking us to be joyful and thankful and prayerful. Now, joyful is not being happy. Happy depends on our circumstances. So if we have good circumstances, yeah, we're happy. And if we have low, tough circumstances, then we're not so happy. But joyful comes from a knowledge of knowing that we are saved, knowing that Jesus has come and died in our place, and that he's risen from the dead, and he's building a place for us to live forever with him and our Creator, Father God. Also, thankful. We are not to be thankful for evil things, but we're to be thankful for all the good things that God has already given us. So, Lastly, is prayerful. God wants us to be continuously in prayer. Little prayers, long prayers, it doesn't matter. Whatever comes to your heart, talk to Him, ask Him. I often get, I ask God for help. I often ask Him for the safety of my children and, and my wife, for the safety of our property. I also thank Him for all that He's done for me, you know, day after day. Now, I know that the Lord Jesus summed up the will of God for us in two commandments. We are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and strength, and to love other people as ourselves. So we understand this is the basics, this is the summary, and everything's included in there. But let's push on a little more, because there's more that he tells us. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each one of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Now, I want to be frank here. Sometimes that is not very easy to look after other people and look at their interests and see if you can help them out. But that is something that God has called us to do. And it would behoove us to do it. There is great reward in being obedient to the Lord, helping other people out. I believe that as we help other people, that God will minister to our needs. Psalms 40. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord and does not look to the proud or to those who turn aside to false gods or to idols. We are called to trust in God. And, you know, that is what faith is. Faith in uh, Hebrews 11, 6 says that without faith, it is impossible to trust God. So here, if we hear the words of God and we trust him, 
so much so that we order our lives after the words that we hear, then we are having faith. We are trusting God. Next, it says that we are not to go to the proud. James 4, 6 says that God opposes the proud. And of course, we're not to be proud ourselves in taking up our own will over what God has called us to do. That's exactly what Satan did. He wanted to be exalted above God. That is pride. Pride in this context is to put God kind of in the back seat, to push him away. Decide for yourself what is best, ignoring his ways. This is exactly what Eve did when she was tempted by Satan. She decided that she would take God's place in her life in order to decide for herself what is good and evil. Adam followed right along after her. And look at the mess the world is in today. So we that are saved can turn to God, trust Him, obey Him, and have His protection, His prosperity, His will in our lives. Finally, it talks about, Psalms 40 talks about false gods or idols. This is a key factor throughout the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, God hates idols, false gods. God explains what an idol is in Psalms. It says that their gold and their silver and they're also possibly wood and they're formed by human hands. They're unable to see, hear, speak, feel, smell, or walk. Listen to what he says about idols in Psalms 115 verse 8. Those who make them will be like them and so will all who trust in them. When you think about that, I kind of want to spiritualize it a little bit because I think it's the most important part. If we are serving, making, or serving idols in any capacity, then spiritually we will not be able to hear. Spiritually, we will not be able to speak the good news. And we can't feel in the spirit realm and so on and so forth. We just can't function when we are are following after idols or making them in this case. So bottom line, idolatry destroys your God-given blessings of life. For most of us, physical idols, they're just not a thing. Few and far between, but I have seen some. I've been in houses where I see Buddhas and, and medallions. I've seen Christian saints, you know, made into an idol and people pray to them and the like. I know a lady right now, she has a living room full of idols, and she counts them as art, but they are wicked in God's eyes. Not a good thing. Deuteronomy 5, 8 through 9. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. So God is telling us two things here. One, we are not to make idols in any form. And the other one, if we do make them, we're not to bow down to them. Double whammy here, making them and bowing down to them. You know, Paul, as he was on his missionary journeys throughout Asia Minor, there were many people who had idols. And there was a whole group in uh, the book of Ephesians, that rose up against Paul because they made their living making idols. 
So there's money in it, and it's the way of the world. But God, he hates idols, and we shouldn't have any idol in our life, no matter what it is. So I'm off track a little bit here. Uh, There's only one mediator between God and man, that's Jesus Christ. Idols are worthless, and we must abstain from them, abstain from them, no matter what form. We can make idols out of all kinds of formless things, too, especially in the world that we live in. For example, we can have an idol of work, of position or money, maybe our children or family, possessions, houses, cars, notoriety, the list goes on. Anything that we put before God, anything that we love more than we love God, that is going to be an idol for us. You see, we were created to know and enjoy worship our Creator. And if we substitute anything else in His place, we find ourselves living a lie, worshiping and serving idols, actually evil entities. Jesus called Satan the father of lies. If we turn from God's ways, we will end up walking in the lies that dominate this world that we live in. All right, back to the subject here. What is God's will for you and for me? Let's read Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This is the same word that we came across earlier, trust. But this time, we are to trust God with all of our heart. Trust or faith has to come from a heart that is convinced that God is good, loving, and that his word is available. Only then will we be able to enjoy who he really is and worship. Remember, worship is speaking of worth. We can worship God. And you know something? We were made to worship. And if we don't worship God, we will end up worshiping something else. Uh, There's so many things that we can talk about. And it's not bad to talk and, and say, you know, what good things are. That's that's wonderful. But we are to leave this holy worship only for God, to speak of His worth over everything else in our life, and then be obedient. So a convinced heart is the only way we're going to have true faith. John 4 tells us that our Heavenly Father, He's looking for those who worship Him in spirit and in truth. We can't fake God out try to manipulate him for some sort of favor. You know, when we're in trouble, we pray and ask God for help or try and make some sort of deal with him. If if he helps us in this situation, we'll be more dedicated. That That's just fake. God is looking for those who worship in spirit and in truth over the things of this world, over the problems and issues of this world. We speak of his worth. We are to trust him in good times and in bad times. And throughout the Bible, there's always been good times and bad times. And those who rise to the top are those who worship God in spirit in truth, and in truth. Next, in uh, Proverbs 3, it talks about lean not on our own understanding. 
Romans 12, 1 through 3 tells us that we have to renew our minds with God's Word, and we renew our minds to understand what God's will is, and we understand His purposes. The ways of this world are nothing like the ways of God. He is a king, God is a king, and in His kingdom, things work differently. God has called us to almost the opposite of what the world tells us to live by. For example, God tells us to forgive somebody when they've sinned against us, even grievous sins, to love our neighbors ourselves, and to even love our enemy and pray for them, to serve others above ourselves, as I said earlier, to boldly pray to God in times of need. This is the things that God is looking for. The world does not work like this. Uh, So, for example, the world is full of strife, everybody trying to climb the ladder of success, get bigger and better stuff, and about forgiveness. You know, people hate instead of love. They don't forgive instead of forgive, and so much more. It's imperative that we get God's mind on how we are to live. And how do we do that? We do it by reading the Bible. We do it by studying the Bible, two different things. We read it on the surface, get something out of it. But then it takes time to also study and understand the real meat of the Word. And as we grow in Christ, that becomes more and more important. So if you're not studying the Word of God and you're not reading it, make a change and begin to read it. And take small little sections and study for yourself. As we understand His ways, we will be able to walk with Him in this world, and we will have joy, and we will be able to have thanksgiving in our heart to Him, even in the tough times. Now, one of the most famous verses when we're talking about what is God's will for you is Micah 6, 6 through 8. It says, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. In the Old Testament, temporarily, God required animal sacrifices and food sacrifices, You can go through Leviticus and and see all the many different types of sacrifices. And this was in order at the time they should be doing that. And it was to cover their sin and to lead us to the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus Christ. Jesus has been sacrificed to take away our sin. So Micah understood that the sacrifices were not the real deal, but our attitude towards God and People are the key. So bottom line, and everybody quotes this part, uh, verse 8, that we are to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. So we are to be just in all of our dealings. 
We are to love mercy because God has had mercy upon us, so we should be having mercy on other people. And to walk humbly with God, far from pride, understanding who God is, our Creator. He knows exactly what we need, and to be obedient to Him is the ultimate. So let me go back to 1 Thessalonians. This time I'm going to read a couple of extra verses. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 14 through 18. It says, And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all of them. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So we have many little things that the Lord is showing us to do to admonish the idle, to encourage the faint-hearted. You know, there's people that have faith, but their faith is weak, and they're having a hard time, maybe fear. It is our responsibility to reach out to them and help them. Be patient with all people, and then do not repay anyone evil for evil, but seek the good for other people. And lastly, I'll say it one more time, rejoice always, be joyful because of what God has done for us. Pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances, not for what is evil, but for the good things that we know and the good things that we know God is going to bring into the future according to His Word. This has been the Clean Soul Podcast with Dennis Curtis. If you have questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me at thecleansoul.org.